This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It is the Steelers Blitz here on a Monday. In about a half an hour, we're going to hear from Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert down at Heinz Field, their annual pre-draft press conference. And guess what, Motsi? What's up? Our buddy Chris Carter is, mm-hmm. is down on the scene down there at Heinz oh, Field. Oh, he's down right on there. the south side? Uh, well, no, that's the north side. All right, that's the north on. side. You're right, you're right. I knew it was one of them sides. Come on, man. <laughs> I knew it was one, one of them sides. Oh, he is our pal, <laughs> our buddy, one-third of the Migos here on the show. Oh, that's normally the part where Motsi goes, Mama. I was waiting for him to say something first. I was like, Mama. Well, hold on. I haven't, you know, I haven't I haven't potted his audio up I, all the I way know, yet. But because that's I, I got to give him his fancy intro on, first. Man. He's yeah. here. He's there. He's everywhere. The hardest working man in the Pittsburgh sports media, Chris Carter, uh, Locked on Steelers podcast, DK Pittsburgh Sports, WPXI, here on SNRC. See what's up, cousin. Mama. I'm doing great, y'all. I'm looking over at downtown and the bridges right here from the uh, you know, just looking over Heinz Field, uh, over on the Rotunda. It's real nice. And I'm getting to eat some nice sandwiches prepared mm. for this press conference. Oh, it's a lovely, it's a lovely Monday. Oh, you need to get food down there? You need to get a little grubby, oh, grubby in the tubby food. tub. And okay. It was, and, it, and it wasn't the cold cut. It's like made stuff, prepared stuff, portabella uh, burritos and things like that. He said it's so made stuff. <laughs> <laughs> It's better. That's better than unmade. That's better than un, that's better than raw stuff, I guess. Right? <laughs> you always want your food made instead of I mean, unprepared. It's made stuff, what just they, in case they, you ain't know. They just they, they just threw down like a couple turkey breasts and like a huge oh, sourdough man. wedge and a full tomato, and we're like, here you go, guys. You gotta prepare it yourselves. You know, we used to broadcast on location for these things all the time. Mm-hmm. Down at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, over at Heinz Field. We still do occasionally, but not nearly as much as we used to. I'm convinced, Arthur Motes and Chris <laughs> Carter, that it's because we can't take Wolf to these places anymore because he used to just eat all the food. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wolf's going right? to put it down. <laughs> he said, how much, how much is free and how much is paid for? Okay. That's, my, to the list. <laughs> that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, Chris Carter, a few minutes here with him before he gets off to that press conference well he's there but before we let him go and get in his spot and get ready and everything uh and we will have mike tomlin and kevin colbert here at the top of the hour at one o'clock cc the big news though of the weekend before we focus fully on the draft and this obviously relates to how the steelers might operate during the draft as well too the steelers they officially announced it uh just about a half an hour ago the re-signing of Terrell Edmonds, one-year deal to stay in the black and gold. The news broke on Friday from some credible reports, uh, officially announced by the team today. What's your thoughts? What's your instant reaction analysis to Edmonds staying with the Steelers at least through 2022? This is a good thing. I know that there's some people out there that are like, oh, he doesn't get enough interception. But this is what I've said all along, even before free agency started. I was like, if they can find a way to bring Edmonds back on a a very team-friendly deal, it would really work out for them because he's an experienced guy. And here's the thing. If they go get another safety in the draft that's high caliber, then guess what? Then you've got three good safeties. And that's a good thing to play around with. I'm sure Terrell Austin and Mike, Mike Tomlin will love to do to disguise blitz packages, disguise coverage packages, and try to show different things while really hiding what your true um, actual scheme is that you're doing play-by-play. Uh, and, and I really think Terrell Evans – his problem wasn't scheme. His problem wasn't, you know, just coverage. His problem is just he doesn't have the ball skills that people want. He doesn't create turnovers situations. 
But the guy allowed 9.2 yards per catch. That was the second fewest among the safeties who had played like 80% of like the kind of the snap that you need to among stars and everything. If you look at PFF, uh, but I, I look at Terrell Edmonds and I, and I see this is a guy who is a good player. Now I know everyone gets down on him because he was a first round pick, but this guy has been solid for the Steelers. He communicates well. Minka Fitzpatrick loves to work with him. And I, I think this is just a win-win for them. I do think it stinks for Terrell that he didn't get, get his payday. Um, he's a heck of an athlete, and I think that he would be of, of use in a lot of different systems. But this is his chance to show, hey, I can keep growing here, and he's still 25 years old. I'd say he has another two or three years of being able to prove himself. Um, and if he has a big season in any of those years, then someone will give him his payday. Now, I like that, man. I definitely like that approach. But um, you hit on him with the money, right, being $2.5 million dollars. Um, obviously, that's not break the bank money. That's not definitive starter money. So with that being the case, do you think we could still see the Steelers address the strong safety position earlier in the draft? Absolutely. I could definitely see that even even in the first round, guys. Like, I, I wouldn't rule that out just because they got Terrell Edmonds. And, but it, it's not a thing where they're going to be reaching for it. It's just going to be, hey, what's the most what's the best opportunity for us to upgrade our team right now with a really good player who can also be part of the longevity plan of this Steelers defense? I've said this before on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I would even say that if, if he falls far enough, they're not going to trade up in like inside the top ten for this guy. But if, but if Kyle Hamilton were to fall far enough, I think that would be a great move for the Steelers because it would give you, A, you have Mick Fitzpatrick. Presumably they are going to sign him to a long-term deal, pay him big money. And if you pay one safety big money, you don't really usually don't want to pay the other safety also big money so that you can invest in the rest of the team. So if you have Kyle Hamilton, you'll have him under a rookie deal the next five years so by the time his contract would be up Minka's contract would be up and Minka will be 30 years old while Kyle Hamilton would be 25 years old and then you can say all right if Kyle Hamilton is the superstar safety that everyone projects him to be then you sign him to a bit to a, to a mega deal and he's your next superstar safety but even if Kyle Hamilton isn't the guy because I think he'll be gone before they get a chance to even trade up for him I like Lewis Seen from Georgia I like uh, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State mm-hmm. and even more so even more so now because of what of them getting Edmonds, I really like the idea of adding Daxton Hill from Michigan because he's going to be able to help you as an extra safety along with Edmonds and Fitzpatrick, but he can also help you immediately in the slot, and that would be a multi-role player who would be so useful for the Steelers, and he has the ball skills. I think that that makes a lot of sense to the Steelers. Safety is definitely in play. All right, Chris. Well, let's go down this rabbit let's hole, all right? Do it's, it. draft, it's draft oh, week. This oh. is what we do. Hypothetical for you. Uh the Steelers could have Kyle Hamilton or they could have a Chris Olave or a Garrett Wilson. Which way which way would you go? I'm sorry, I'm going Kyle Hamilton. I am a defense I'm a defense <laughs> championships type of guy. Talk about if, if it. If they can get Kyle Hamilton, it's gonna be it's gonna it, it would make this it would put this defense in a truly special place because the way Kyle Hamilton's talked about and his tape backs this up. He is a potential generational safety type of player at six foot four. He doesn't have the blinding speed of a 4.59 40-yard dash, but he has the instinct, the athleticism, the size, the skill, the ball skills. He can put all of that together to be one of the NFL's best safeties. And you pair him with Minka Fitzpatrick over the next four to five seasons, you could legitimately have the best safety pair in football while also having the best edge rusher in football while still having Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt and Alex Highsmith growing up, if Devin Bush returns to form and we saw him doing some workouts and looking pretty quick, if, if Miles Jack works out, that's the potential to have an elite team right there, and I, I, an elite defense right there. And that I could not pass up. Now, 
Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, two very athletic wide receivers. Would not be mad at the Steelers if they got them in the first round either. But if I had to choose between the three of them, Kyle Hamilton all day. Now I'm just going to throw it out that you are not slick throwing in. Devin Bush looked a little quick in that workout video. I heard you. you <laughs> cut it out. Cut that out, please. All right? <laughs> you are not slick. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mo. Do, do you want me to talk about Baker Mayfield again? Is that what you want to do here? Oh, no, no. Please. No, mama. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but, but anywho, but anywho, if the team were to – you know, get Cal Hamilton because obviously we know he could go in the top ten, but at the same time we have seen some mocks where he's fallen a little bit. If there is an yep. if there is a situation though where he is available and we do select him, what does that mean for Terrell Edmonds? It means Terrell Edmonds is still going to have a role, but I, I think it's going to be like, hey, they're, he's going to have he's going to be a teacher almost, and it's going to make it's going to mean that Terrell Edmonds doesn't have a long term role with the Steelers. Because right now, again, this is a sort of another prove it to you, like, hey, if you're great this year, awesome, we'll figure something out. If not, you know, well, we know that you'll be solid this year because you've been solid for the last four years as far as knowing where you're supposed to be. But if you have Kyle Hamilton, he immediately becomes your guy that you want to become your starting strong safety. But again, this is where the NFL's all been about nickel packages and all these other looks and bringing in extra defensive backs. I really think the Steelers would would uh, would benefit from having more three safety looks with three athletic guys like Minka, like Terrell, and like Kyle. You have those three guys moving all around. Quarterbacks will be will be have a harder time deciphering what you're trying to do because any one of those guys can blitz you. Any one of those guys mm-hmm. can play the box. Any one of those guys can run with a tight end, run with a wide receiver, run with a running back. And when you have all those possibilities on the field, it is harder pre-snap to say, okay, I know where this guy's going and this guy's going and that guy's going because they all have so many different roles. That's going to allow the Steelers to have a lot of flexibility. If I'm the Steelers, I would try to find a way to keep Terrell Evans around just for that possibility for a little bit. Um, if he gets, ends up signing out somewhere next year, great. Uh, great for him. And then you just draft and you, you look at another safety that you can add to your ranks or maybe Trey Norwood's worked out. But I do think that Terrell Evans, if they were to draft Kyle Hamilton, he would need to prove himself like this year. Because if he doesn't, the Steelers will be even less pressed to sign him next year. Mm. Chris, one of the things that, that Moats and I last segment, we, we were asked by someone on Twitter, um, what like what could shock us at pick 20? And, and we threw out a couple different things, but the one that we both agreed on was offensive line. Mm-hmm. It, it just, you know, it just feels like, it, which is funny now when you look back to when the season ended, you know, in, in early 2022, like in January and February and leading up to the combine, we were offensive line, offensive line, offensive line at nauseum. But the Steelers spent some money there this offseason, um, both, you know, to, to retain Chooks for to bring in uh, Daniels and Cole as well. And it feels just like the conversation around that position early in the draft for the Steelers has cooled a little bit. Do you do you agree? Would it surprise you? Would it shock you if the Steelers took an offensive lineman to pick 20? Or do you think that's still a possibility as well? I mean, I think it's a very much more outside possibility. So, yes, I would say it, it would surprise me. Just because the way the board, I expect the board to fall. I expect there to be corners available, safeties available, wide receivers available. And if all of those aren't available, then a quarterback available that they really like. Um, you know, also the potential of, of getting a defensive tackle they really like. So all those things are there. Whereas they invested into the offensive line and free agency. They got Mason Cole as like an emergency, like, hey, if Kendrick Green's really bad, guess what? We at least got this veteran to help, help there. You got James Daniels. He might be able to be the anchor for your line, uh, at least for this year and a little bit moving forward. 
Um, you brought back two Shakur for, so you're not hard-pressed to get the offensive line. And there's no offensive tackle that I think would be there at 20 that would make me jump out of my socks and say, hey, that's the guy. Go get him. Um, if there's an offensive lineman to be drafted, I, I was just talking about Tyler Linderbaum on my show. I don't think he'd be the guy at 20. If I'm getting a guy there, it's Dion Johnson from Boston College. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's a bit stronger. He can control at the point of attack. He could play center and guard. I, I, I like the idea of adding him to the mix. Um, but, again, compare that to the, the potentials at safety and corner and all those other positions. I, I just don't think that that's a fit for what the Steelers need right now. So with that being said, then, I feel like every time I go on NFL.com or ESPN.com and I look at one of their mocks, oh, yeah. it always has us going to get a quarterback, Chris. Whether we're trading <laughs> up for one, I think the most recent one, we traded up to 12th overall to get Matt Corral. Oh, boy. What? I, I know. I know. I know. So, just to put that to rest one more time before we – because I know the next time we talk to you is going to be after the draft. <sighs> If you had to put a percentage on the likelihood of the Steelers moving up to get a quarterback in this first round, what percentage would you put the likelihood of that being? Moving up, not just getting the quarterback. Not just getting one, but moving up. Because now it's it's like you got to trade up to get one of these guys. Three months ago, hey, man, you could get these guys the end of the first round, second round, third round if you wanted to. Now you got to move up to get them, allegedly. What is the percentage of that happening for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'd say the odds would be somewhere – if I were to put it like betting odds, right, like you know, mm-hmm. one to something, two, two to something, I put the odds somewhere around thirteen to nine. Mm. Uh, oh, this guy! I wish I, I wish I cared about anything in life as much as Carter cares about making those jokes. I mean, I mean, I'm, hey, yo. you see how this always works, though. I'm never the one who brings up WVU related stuff on the show. It just gets brought up for me. And I totally, I didn't even catch it at first. I'm like, oh, he said 13 and that. Oh, I thought, listen, I thought Chris, I thought Chris would still be in the middle of like spring game attendance civil oh, war with wow. Nittany Lions Nation, but he's got to come here. Oh, wow. He got to come here and just spear me right in the ribs. I that, see that was, that was pretty funny, man. That was definitely pretty funny. Oh, if I was thinking of a real real number, it'd be one to three. It'd be uh, it'd be thirty three percent. I still think it's something that they're keeping an eye on. It won't be. I don't think it would be a top ten trade. I okay. think it could be like, like in that fifteen range. 15. Okay. Yeah, like even even twelve. Because I even talked about how the Vikings. I, I was talking with Luke Braun, who hosts the uh, the Locked On Vikings podcast, and he was you know we were talking. He was like a first, a third this year, and a third next year. That would be something reasonable to take the twelfth overall spot. And if you're the Steelers. That's the deal that I take, and that's the deal I was. I would take that deal for Kyle Hamilton or Jordan Davis as well. So there's a lot of things that would be in play there um, that I could think that would be very interesting for the Pittsburgh Steelers' need. Um, but I, I would give it a 32 percent chance because they have they, they have looked at all the quarterbacks hard. They've made it you know very clear that they really like Malik Willis. I just don't know if they fall that far. There's a lot of teams that that could want quarterbacks this year. Um, you know I, and. I could see guys going in the top ten, and the Steelers are like, and Kevin Colbert. I think that he's going to say like, "Listen, I don't want to end my tenure, my legacy here, putting the next GM in the hole hmm. with less draft draft picks, significantly less draft picks, because we traded up to the top ten to get a guy when next year is going. It's probably going to have a lot of guys yeah. as well." 
Oh, it's always a lot to chew on this time of year. Our buddy Chris Carter with us here on SNR. Just a couple more minutes with Chris before we let him um, get ready, get reset for the Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert mm-hmm. press conference. And, uh, and we will have that here for you at 1 o'clock on SNR as well. Um, Chris, last one I got for you, buddy. Let's keep doing the draft stuff here. I mean, why not? I mean, why not? Uh, of, of the two Georgia boys, if I could tell you, let's go let's go hypothetical, and I don't think this will be the case, but, hey, it's the draft. Crazy things have happened. Um, Wyatt and Davis, both there at, at pick 20. Who would you rather? Oh, easily Davis. Uh, and not, nothing against Wyatt as a player, but he's 24 years old. He has a case that's, you know, in his past, you know, it's not definite, but, um, he has, you know, there's a, there's, he has that on him. He's three years older. Jordan Davis, much younger. There are things that I don't like about Jordan Davis. I think his lateral movement needs to improve. I think his footwork needs to improve. He needs to sharpen up his technique, play a little bit less and more consistently. Um, but certainly, if you get him at 20, you ain't complaining. And I, I really think that even if he struggled over the first three, first few years, and heck, we even just heard from Cam Hayward a few weeks ago. He said, I thought I was a bust. My first few years in the NFL, because mm. I wasn't doing enough. With the way that the team is structured right now, Jordan Davis wouldn't have to be immaculate this year. He would, if he's just good, if he's just a physical dominating presence that they that they put in between Tua and Hayward, or, or spell him with a Lulu, um, you know, from time to time, that's fine. Because by the end of his rookie contract, he'll be 25 years old, maybe 26 years old if they do the fifth-year extension, and then you're saying, okay, cool. Now it has he matured into this player that we think he is. And by that time, he's only two years older than what Devontae Wyatt is now. Hmm. That's why I'd be going Jordan Davis if both of those guys were sitting there. Now, I definitely like that breakdown right there. But sticking with those D-line prospects coming out, now we know Jordan and uh, Devontae are obviously the more talked-about guys, the guys that could potentially both go in the first round. But I'm looking at that next tier, wondering guys like Travis Jones, Fedarian Mathis, and uh, and obviously uh, Perry and Winfrey, the, uh, the cat from Oklahoma. Would you feel... Mm-hmm that it would make sense to go with one of those three guys, you know, if you don't go with Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt to start it out? Would that still, you know, make you feel comfortable? Oh, yeah. It, I don't think Travis Jones gets that far. That's the only problem with him. Mm. I, I think that Travis Jones, if not picked by the – if he's not picked by the middle of the first round, like there's talk that he's that, that people are just salivating over getting him yeah. in, the, in the later part of the first round. Even some people are saying they'd be very surprised if he makes it out of the first round. But Perry on Winfrey, I've done film studies on him. Because uh, he's, he's athletic, man. Addition. I think he's. I think he's a really athletic player, man. Uh, definitely was rushing the passer well. <laughs> exactly, and that's the thing is that like he he wouldn't be the all and everything like supreme athletic prospect that Jordan Davis is. He he doesn't have. I don't think the meanness that that Travis Jones has shown, but he shows the potential to be like, hey, I can be a very versatile athlete. I mm-hmm. can beat you with several different moves, and that was one thing I noted about him. He can, he does have several different techniques and moves yes. in his repertoire that he looks comfortable doing. It's not something that like. His coach said, hey, do this this week or do this that week. He would mix moves up. I really like that. I also like the Marvin Leal. Uh, he's a guy mm-hmm. that could play on the edge and play on the interior. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas A&M dude, I, I really like getting him as well. So there is that second tier of guys in the second round. That if, say, you went wide receiver or cornerback or safety in the first round, and you still wanted to get a new defensive lineman to add to the mix. All three of those guys, I think, would be in their potential. But so after you get past that, then I start to wonder, what's the point of investing in the defensive line, if it's just another guy that's going to be kind of like Isaiah Loudermilk or Montrevious Adams, because the point of getting a guy in these first two rounds with D-line is getting a guy who can be a potential starter soon and be like a be a dynamic player with Tuit and with Hayward. Um, you know, presuming that Tuit would, would be back. 
So if you can't get one of those guys, you might just end up waiting to the back end of day three. And if you see a, a guy who's, you know, size really like, go with him. Chris Carter. Our buddy, our pal, one-third of the Migos. Mama! Live down, yeah. live down at Heinz Field. We're just about 10 minutes from now. Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert will be speaking. We will bring you that audio here on SNR. Chris, uh, great stuff as always, buddy. Folks, we tell you, if I've told you it once, I've told you it a thousand times. Mm-hmm, I've told you mm-hmm. it between 13,000 and 9,000 times. Oh, you see what I did there? I like it. <laughs> Embrace it. Lean into it. If you're not subscribed to the Locked On Steelers podcast, you're not a Steelers junkie. Make sure you're checking out Chris's work there. DK Pittsburgh Sports, WPXI, here with us on SNR every single Monday. Chris, we appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for the time, and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thanks, fellas. There he is, Chris Carter. Great stuff from him, as always. Again, we will take you out to Heinz Field, where CC is at, uh, to hear from Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert about eight minutes from now. Sound about right. You think they're going to be punctual? They're always punctual. They norm, honestly, they, they, they pretty, operate pretty, with great punctuality. They're pretty darn good. Yes. I'll give them maybe like a two, three-minute wiggle window, but other than that, they're yeah. like Mike Mike Tomlin press conference Tuesdays at noon. Starts at noon. I mean, if it's if it's noon, noon oh if one. It's, if it's 12.03, 12.04, he's he's late late. Yeah. I mean, he's noon oh one. He's he's right about in that in that range uh just about every single week. And I got to think even more so. You think they're flying out to Vegas today Ooh. or tomorrow? Probably tomorrow. No, no, no. Go out there today. Have a little fun. I mean, it is Vegas. Got to have a little fun. You got to whine for a little bit before you before yeah. you you know get stuck in doing Absolutely, your work. Absolutely, man. Get doing your work out there. You got to pregame the, the, the work. You know, pregame the workload. Well, yeah, that's what my mom always said. You, yeah. you have fun first and then you do your work. Absolutely. She did not say that. She said you do your work first, and then you get to have fun. Uh, my mom might be listening right now. I don't I don't want her to think I'm out here spreading propaganda. She was a very good mother. Rod Dalla tweets us and says, um, don't forget about Carl Joseph in this conversation as well, too. Mm-hmm. Rod might have missed, I mean, very early at, at the start of the show. You mentioned Carl. You think that's a realistic possibility now that he's had some time, now that he's healthy? You think that he could really compete for, for some, some snaps, some serious snaps out there? Yeah, I feel like if he is healthy... He's very much in the mix. I mean, we you talk about the talent that he has, the athletic ability, the pedigree. He checks all those boxes. But more importantly, the $2.5 million that they paid Edmonds, that's not money that you're going to be upset about being a backup, being a rotational player. And with that, that is why I do think that Carl Joseph, if he is healthy, he makes this even more interesting of a position battle. Yeah. Because Carl, I mean, when we signed Carl, we were excited about him because we know Carl, when he's healthy, can be a really good player. The problem with Carl has been just availability. That's been the opposite of what Edmonds has. Edmonds has pretty much always been available. So I just think that it makes it very interesting because of the numbers now. The money don't lie to you, man. No, it doesn't. And you've you've given many examples of that on the show here over the years, how that's a real thing. If the Steelers just signed Edmonds to a one-year Seven million dollar mm-hmm. deal. I mean, it's gonna take a lot for them to bring him out of the game. Yes, that's <laughs> but, what I'm saying. Man. But two point five million. You know, you have you have a, a bad week you, or two, not tripping and, on and that. somebody else has a good week or you, two. You, they and start saying, sudden, "It's just oh, that's like a tender. It's okay. It's like mm-hmm. a tender. Yeah, 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 tender guys. That two point five, two point three, three point one. You know, RFA almost. Yeah, it's not bad." Lexi tweets us and says, listening to Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler while I replace my kitchen faucet oh. and clean out the cabinets for a new microwave install tomorrow. Let's get it. If I laugh too hard, I will either get stuck under the sink 
or smack my head off the plumbing. Well, Lexi, be safe. You can't. Please be safe. You, you can't you know, smack your head off the plumbing because then if you knock yourself out, then you're going to miss Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert here in just a couple minutes. But you can catch all of this content what, on replay, commercial free, wherever you get your podcast at. That's a perfect time to plug it. That's all I'm saying. Steelers Blitz, wherever you get your podcast at. If you do happen to get knocked out while you're working, all right, whenever you wake back up in the hospital or in your current location, just open up the app, subscribe, and then replay this, and you'll be good. <laughs> also, Lexi, that's impressive. Replacing your kitchen faucet. I don't. Plumbing is one. I, I electricity and plumbing. I ain't messing with because I'll make it worse before I before I see, improve. I'm anything. not as a, I'm not afraid of plumbing. I'm afraid of that electricity. I barely want to change. <laughs> I barely want to change my light bulbs. Like it makes me nervous. I had a story one time, man. I was like changing the light bulb, and I like broke the bulb in my hand. Freaked me out, bro. That's because you're Hulk. No, no, no. It just it, it was one of them like freak things, man. I didn't even so it wasn't even like turn. You weren't you weren't gripping it. No, heck no. You weren't, it's using, you weren't using those big NFL paws. Dude, I was like 12. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? Sorry, I thought you meant recently. <laughs> okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yes. Makes a lot more sense. <laughs> those big NFL paws, yeah, all, all six foot, hundred seventy pounds of me. Woo, yeah. <laughs> Wait, were you really six foot at twelve? Uh, I was probably like five. Ten. I was always tall. I was always tall and thin, man. I didn't fill out until I got to college. I used to walk around, man. Yeah, just feeling good, weighing about. Oh, he's competing. He's two hundred and five pounds. <laughs> yeah. But you were on that wrestling vibe too, so I yeah. had to keep that weight down. Yeah. Well, no, that was the issue for me though. I was like in between. I didn't want to cut. Yeah, I didn't want to yeah. cut down weight to go to like one eighty five. But then I was too small for two fifteen, so I wrestled about two hundred five. It's like, man, I just kick more butt I that just way. Kick more butt. Just kick a little more butt. That's all. We're gonna take a break here. When we come back on the other side, if maybe you missed it, if you're joining us late, one o'clock today, GM Kevin Colbert, head coach Mike Tomlin, they will meet the media prior to the 2022 NFL Draft. It's their annual pre-draft press conference. It is just moments, just minutes away. You can hear it right here when we return on SNR.